Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a Paso Wine Podcast. Each episode, we spotlight the places and most importantly, the people who make Paso Robles Wine Country such a special place. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. If you've been digging the podcast, please take a moment, if you can, and head to wherever you hear it and rate it. Perhaps leave some nice words, any questions you may have, feel free, or just say hello. Love seeing those five-star reviews come in, and they really help the podcast. Also, thanks to those who've chosen to share the podcast or tell a friend. It means so much. I was just on the crush pad yesterday at Alta Kalina, and I met Ivy, who says she's loving the podcast and even turned her parents on to it, who live out of state. So it's cool to see how far and wide the podcast is being heard, and most importantly, how far and wide... The stories of Paso wine country are being shared. So thank you. Thank you, Ivy. And hi there. Shout out to Ivy's mom and dad. Well, like I said, I was at Alta Kalini yesterday and they had their first day of bringing in red fruit. So yes, Paso officially in harvest. Harvest 2020 is on, baby. This really is such an exciting time in Paso. The smell of fermentations, the sounds of forklifts backing up, the macro bins full of freshly picked grapes, and the feeling of yellow jacket stings when you stick your hands into said macro bins full of fresh grapes. I did that once, not a fan. But when you're hand sorting, it's bound to happen. My girl and I made a wine, we're hand sorting, and I got stung. And I think Valia, or one of the girls, jokingly said, well, now you're officially a winemaker. It's like a rite of passage. The yellow jacket stings. Harvest is just the best. I look forward to visiting some of my favorite wineries and feeling the pulse of it all, bringing it to you. And I encourage you to check out some uh, wineries during harvest. Everyone is feeling the vibe and the hustle. I mean, it's hard work, but it is infectious. So happy harvest, Paso Wine Country. Those picking in the rows, sorting on the crush pad, doing pump overs or punch downs on a 50% whole cluster tank where you can't break through the cap and you're basically like standing on the damn thing. Then the assistant winemaker comes over who's like a thousand times lighter than you and like busts right through the cap, even makes that shit look easy. See, I started that, Zach. I helped you with that. I did most of the work. You come over here and just like, eh, what? I don't know. Is this a, wow, was that a 2019 Harvest flashback? Wow, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I thought that was my inside voice. <laughs> on today's show, I'm really excited. We are talking iconic Paso brands. And these are brands with, yes, of course, history, but also unmistakable recognition and acclaim that spans far and wide. Tobin James. For some, a party at Tobin James is less a party and more a pilgrimage. The brand and its culture is as iconic as it is unique to its own. How a brand can let it ride and be totally Paso but also at the same time, totally not like anything else around. The brand logo is like the Nike symbol of wine labels. No words are even needed. When you see that sign, you just know. Toby, Lance, and Claire have steered this ship on a journey most wineries will never even experience. Wine club numbers that actually make you look, wait, is that a typo? Are there that many zeros? Are you sure? Parties that make raves in Ibiza look lame, all wrapped with undeniable hospitality and heart. Toby is the face of the brand. He is as real as it gets. He's autographed more body parts than Mick Jagger, taking more selfies with hot girls than John Stamos. And he's too shy to tell you any of that. Here's Toby talking about the vibe between winemakers and Paso. You know, listen, you know, people go, well, are you in competition with that wine? Are you talking about No, we are not in competition, man. We, you know, uh, my all my best friends are all the winemakers, you know. If, if you know, uh, uh, one of my winery buddies calls up and says, hey, man, my must pump went down. I, you know, can you lend me one? I said, I got an extra one. I'll bring it over. You you keep crushing. I'll bring I'll bring it over, you know. And, and it's that's how we work, you know, everybody. And that's how you make better wines you go well listen i got a new uh, uh, stemmer crusher this year you gotta try this one out and all of a sudden you're, you're you're sharing ideas and coming up with a better way to make your wine and i was surprised because out of all the things that toby has poured for me over the years he leads with a dry riesling we're different now you know usually we'd be putting down some beautiful uh, fat boys infidel big old gnarly dry farms infidel now we're we're drinking a nice light white wine so there's nothing wrong with that but there's a lot of different tastes are, are there some ways over the, the several decades that Tobin James has kind of all grown up now? I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're drinking a dry Riesling, Toby. <laughs> 
Well, that or a Chateau Budweiser, you know. <laughs> okay, more from Toby later. You don't want to miss this conversation. Another iconic brand in Paso is J-Lore. Their Seven Oaks cab is like America's go-to cab for under 20 bucks that seriously delivers. But more than numbers, this family brand finds its importance in leading and in many different ways. I was thrilled to sit down with Cynthia Lore, co-owner, chief brand officer, and the daughter to founder Jerry Lore. Jerry's history and background is unreal. Cynthia shares that as well as what it takes to be a brand with widespread recognition, but also a tight relationship with this wine club membership and direct connection to their customers. I show up to their Paso property and we're sitting on the veranda because inside is completely gutted as they are reimagining the entire inside of the tasting room to be open in a couple months. So give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass all around till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Cheers. It's so great to see you. Thanks for having me, Cynthia. I'm so happy to be with you, Adam. Thank you for this opportunity. This show is all about iconic brands. And I remember when I was at that um, wine museum in Bordeaux, yes. Vin, yep. if I'm getting it right. And uh, they have this the largest wine shop on earth. And they have wine from everywhere. Ethiopia's got their wine there. Like everywhere <laughs> is got wine in here. And the United States had two bottles up there and it was one of them was a J. Lore bottle of wine. I mean, you are an iconic brand, not just in Paso, but really in the country. So it's really, really fun to hang out with you here. And I'm excited to hear uh, some of the history. Well, thank you, Adam. You know, we are so honored uh, to be considered an iconic brand in Paso Robles and beyond, particularly since we hold such high esteem for our brethren out here. Take me back because, uh, and it's great because we just had a little bit of FaceTime with uh, with Dad. I know. That was really cool. Take me back to where this all began. It's really a family business. It's very much a family business. I tease my brothers and my father that we're all J-Lore all the time, which is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my older brother is currently CEO. My younger brother was just appointed to COO of the Vineyards, and I'm chief brand officer. And really where it all began is in my father's South Dakota farming roots. Because he grew up, I think we talked the other day, he was operating a tractor at age six and grew up with wheat and rye and barley and a soil amendment called triticale. And he fell madly in love with farming growing up there. Well, he is a Stanford-educated engineer who later became a NASA research scientist and was designing and building custom homes in uh, Santa Clara uh, Valley, Saratoga, Los Gatos area. And his building partner, they discovered they had a mutual love of wine. And this was in the mid to late 60s. So they started scouting vineyard properties along the central coast and first put their roots down in uh, Monterey County's Arroyo Seco. And then after trial, growing red and white uh, varieties out there initially, we planted Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Syrah, and some others. Red varieties were not ripening as one would expect, so he traveled to Napa and to Paso Robles and further south and just found that truly the best red varieties were growing here in Paso Robles. And we started planting in uh, in the mid-80s and the rest is, is history, as you call it. When did you guys go, oh, shoot, this is, this is really taking off? Yeah. So I would say, so as a family, we were all in college when the operation really started taking off because my brothers and I were all in our 50s. I don't mind dating myself. And the winery was really starting to grow in terms of volume, sales, success, etc. So by the late 80s, early 90s, we saw that by committing to putting roots down here in Paso Robles and seeing just how well our, our original Seven Oaks Cabernet was doing. We came out with the 87 vintage, I, I believe it was. We were firmly ensconced in Central Coast wine grape growing, wine production, and it just became a, a family affair after that. Was the Seven Oaks the one that, that hit? 
Seven Oaks was Seven Oaks was was the one that was the one that skyrocketed. I think our notoriety or acclaim, if you will, because you can see that on shelves all over the place. And where, where, what's the retail on that? Yeah, the retail is about seventeen ninety nine. And yes, that is the one that we're I would say most known for now. Uh, it has become a benchmark wine for the region. Everybody knows what Seven Oaks stands for. It has a beautiful story with it, with the oaks on the property, the Seven Oaks studding the the vineyard that is and uh you know we couldn't be who we are now if it weren't for the distributors the accounts all the partners all the team that over the years has helped build our brand so seven oaks particularly during challenging times seems to become america's you know kind of trusted wine and we're so grateful for that uh you know advancing beyond 30 years here in in paso robles and really such a cool cab because if you think about it like you said it's a staple um for that level of cab but to to deliver the way it does for under 20 bucks has got to be part of the key to success of this cab because it is a great go-to cab and you're talking about under 20 bucks. Frankly, I think what brings it to that level of consistent quality is our philosophy of vertical integration. So uh, we are hands-on at every step from soil to bottle. And that is just who my father is. That's what he stands for in the fiber of his being is being with the land, nurturing the grapes, uh, understanding uh, barrel treatments, understanding all facets of wine grip growing and winemaking. That is what has led us to have such a successful flavor profile, but also it's the magic of Paso Robles. And in any given vintage of Seven Oaks Cabernet, because we grow Merlot, Petit Syrah, Cab Franc, Syrah, etc., we can blend in for nuance and flavor and profile and complexity, etc., yeah, because vintage to vintage, I mean, the one thing that a, a cab like that, you know, probably needs to offer is some sort of consistency, right? Because, you know, a mother nature is going to do what she's going to do. But, you know, to the folks who are getting that, you know, at their Rochester, New York store or wherever, I mean, that's got to taste like that Paso cab that they know and love. Absolutely. And it, again, I feel like it's the magic of Paso Robles. You know, everybody talks about the small berries and the concentrated bold flavors. And that's really what you're tasting in um, a bottle of J. Lore Seven Oaks Cabernet Sauvignon is just that that beauty of, of Paso Robles. Now, you have a lot of um, different levels. I'm, my story, yes. the first wine that made me just go like, whoa, wine like really... Uh, it, like that was my moment, right? And it was a bottle of Jaylor. It was your Cuvée series. Uh, and yeah. it was the 97, 98, and 99. It was a vertical tasting. I worked part-time at Vinoteca, uh-huh. downtown Paso. Yep. And it was the PAU, the, the Poyac, Pomerol, and uh, Saint Emilion series. Yes. yes. And it was a vertical. And I was just like, damn, yeah. this is really, really good. And then it made me want to just learn more about wine and just gobble it all up, you know? Well, that is such a great story. And uh, sincerely, so uh, Jeff Meyer, our longstanding president and COO, and Jerry's uh, truly right-hand man in the early days, he's been with us since 1984 and is really responsible for so much of this quality that you see uh, year after year in this leadership and, and management. That was his um, baby, his uh, his brainchild and you know we hold um, a true love of Bordeaux uh, in our family and with Jeff and his team and so uh, Jeff after having spent uh, quite some time in uh, the Bordeaux growing region and being a, a lover of France and, and everything Francophile came up with the Jailor Cuvée series and as you mentioned Cuvée Pomme led by Merlot stands for Pomeral Cuvée Pau uh, which is driven by Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from the Poyoc region. And then, of course, uh, Cuvée Saint-E uh, is driven by Cabernet Franc. So we look at it as Bordeaux with a Passerobles twist, but these beautiful blends that showcase just what uh, growing Bordeaux varieties in Paso Robles does with the soils, with the climatic conditions, etc. I love how the brands really, you have, you have a lot of different levels of wines. I mean, this wine that we're having here, I mean, this is a signature a 2016 cab. I mean, this is just lights out. Like this is, I mean, this is a gorgeous bottle of wine. Well, thank you. We have so much fun with our, our tears. And that is the beauty of being 46 years <laughs> wine grape growing in, in winemaking. My uh, father would say 48. 
eight years of wine grape growing, but we had our uh, 40th anniversary in, in 2014. And it allows us the opportunity to plant, experiment, to run trials, etc. And we have some very, very passionate palates among our, our group. So that allows us to, for instance, in westernmost Paso Robles, we have the gene property where we grow predominantly Rhone varieties and we make these beautiful blends. Yeah. Uh, the J. Lord Gesture Tier is our uh, wine club only, and I launched that brand uh, in 2009. I've tried that. That is good. I like oh, that. Yeah. So many. The Gesture stuff is good. Yes. Part of being an iconic brand isn't just the time underneath your belt, but the ability to to lead and you guys do in, in many different ways. I remember one of the, my, my first interviews here on site uh, with Steve Peck, your director of winemaking, who is just, I mean, a brilliant guy. Yes. So much fun too. Just a really neat guy. I always enjoy having him on the air and when I get a chance to engage with him off of the air. And we were right next to what used to be a big block of Merlot and you guys tore it out f- to put in solar panels. You know, yes. almost like several football fields. I mean, it was a bunch of them, you know, so yes. conscious of so much about being a good steward and uh, leading in a lot of different ways. Well, thank you, Adam. Yes, uh, I remember when we launched the solar tracking array in 2009, and we made the commitment back then to power over 85% of our uh, facilities operations here with that three-acre solar tracking array, which is, as I understand, it's still probably one of the largest independently owned uh, tracking arrays in all of North America. But that's the vision that my father has always held as a leader and having grown up on a farm. It's all about being a responsible steward in everything we do. So it's not just restricted to resource. It's caring for communities, it's caring for neighbors. It is, of course, the expected recycling and water management, et cetera. The programs that we run are across all disciplines. And we were so honored uh, in May to be the recipients of the Green Medal Leader Award. Uh, we are the sixth winery, I believe, to have received that award. And that is the highest designation for sustainable practices. So it's not just... Um, again, resource. It's everything that we can do to take care of our communities, to nurture systems, to be leaders. Also in areas of education through UC Davis, we collaborated on the first lead platinum certified winery up there. It's a teaching winery and facility. And my uh, father was a lead developer and funder of that, as well as rallied the industry to stand behind that as well. So our, our sustainability roots are very, very deep. My brother, Steve Lohr, uh, has led for many years the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance as their um, board director. And we just love to give back, love to, to shape and, and have positive influence on the industry. It's a, a natural passion. I'm thinking back to like interviews I've done with maybe winemakers who sons of folks who had uh, their fathers had vineyards and they're a lot more sustainable than say dad was on the vineyard 20, 30, 40 years ago. But I mean, we just celebrated your dad's 80th birthday before. And I mean, he has a, a definite deliberate and thoughtful mindfulness for all of this. Thank you. You know, that's expertly put because if there's, there are two things that I can say about my father. One is that he is very empirically minded and that comes from his NASA science background as an engineer, etc. So he never uh, just takes anything at face value. He's always probing and asking uh, deeper questions to get at the root of, of any opportunity, problem, etc. Must so, have been a hell of a time when he combed over your report cards. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> you know, I have I have adopted his ways. I, I love how he, he is because I think we all just naturally probe and, and, and always love to, to dive deeper. So he's very empirically focused, but he also believes in sounds... Uh, overused, but he really does believe in human potential. He wants people to do their best and he gives people many chances to demonstrate what they can do. And I think that's why we have, you know, loyal, uh, folks like Jeff Meyer and Steve Peck and Steve Carter and so many of our teammates who have rode the train along with Jerry to see who can we become? What can we do in Paso Robles and, and beyond? And, 
It's really been thrilling, I think, for all of us. Cynthia, how do you write that line of obviously delivering on a, on a, on a scale, but also keeping and in encouraging more of that direct-to-consumer relationship and keeping things spicy in uh, in that area, too? Yeah, absolutely. Such a great question, Adam. I call it um, staying relevant, uh, particularly as J-Lore uh, grows in recognition and stature and volume, etc. How do we stay relevant to a younger population coming to learn about who we are as family wine grape growers. Um, that is a fun one for me as your chief brand officer. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job. Uh, yes, it is. So everything from, you know, I'm a big fan of storytelling. Um, family, place, and craft are essentially the pillars that anchor uh, the J-Lore story. Everything uh, revolves around family, our family of distributors, accounts, our people, our grower relations folks, everyone that we engage with, we consider family place because my father is the original South Dakota farmer with that tremendous knack of matching uh, crops to specific sites. And then craft, we never rest on our laurels. We're always looking to innovate. So that certainly carries with social media and virtual tastings and virtual events. And uh, now that we can't engage with consumers, uh, we can't touch them physically. What are the other ways that we can can touch them? Uh, so we're offering private curated uh, events. We just launched about a month ago. We already have over 50 private uh, tastings underway. We're doing a whole host of really fun and informative virtual events like a sip in color that features Jeff's uh, artistic daughter while tasting through three of our iconic Cabernet Sauvignons. So uh, we have plenty of stories to tell. And so we love to tell those stories in whatever way we can via social, in person, you name it. Virtual now. Virtual, sure. blanketing. And then lastly, we are reimagining our two wine centers. So our original wine center in San Jose, my father purchased the old Falstaff Brewery. Uh, we are converting that into more of an urban chic um, cool. tasting spot. And then here in Paso Robles, we are reimagining this wine center to be reflective of my father's early South Dakota roots. Wow, that's going to go cool. We're so excited. That's going to be awesome. Yes. Cynthia Laura is here, uh, where wine takes you. Where has it uh, taken you? When did you come back here? Because you you went away for a while, then you came back. Is that yes, right? I'm a boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, for remembering that, Adam. Yeah. So I always knew that I wanted to do something with our brand. Uh, I knew that my father was building uh, just an exceptional vision in California uh, consumer culture of wine enjoyment. I didn't know what or when, so I rejoined our company about 19 years ago as my third career. I was first in social services, then I was in technology, which landed me in uh, the Presidio of San Francisco up north, working for a a little startup uh, by the name of Alexa Internet that later got acquired by Amazon. And, you know, after developing a really strong skill set in marketing, I knew that this transferable skill set would benefit our business. So when I came back on board uh, 19 years ago, we were not yet selling online. We weren't doing internet or digital marketing. And so that's been a lot of my fun is working through some of those best practices from my days in technology into our business, all the while respecting uh, the tremendous old world, very um, business savvy industry folks from whom we've all learned. I don't have an Alexa at home. Do you have one at home? I don't. It freaks me out. I mean, it freaks me it out too. Me I, didn't, out. I didn't want to say that. I felt I like I'd insult say. you. No, 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 not at all. We went on. We went on vacation, and I saw one like in the resort room, and I thought, why were they? And it's like, it's like, I just like unplugged the thing. And yeah. covered it up. <laughs> I, you know, I I used to represent some very savvy uh, technologies, digital certificates, and I launched Yahoo and took them public in 1996. And, you know, there's a part of me that still wants to be old school. Mm. And so for me to say, Alexa, I'm referring to my old company. But, uh, you know, time and place for, for everything. Very but you true. know what? If we had Alexa, we, you and I might not be having this real-time conversation, I know Adam. you wouldn't even need me. That, right? That pains exactly. me to even think that. <laughs> exactly. We wouldn't be sitting here on our veranda in our home ranch drinking these beautiful wines. I know. True that. Uh, what is your favorite J. Lore wine? Ooh. Put you on the spot. 
Oh, that's a hard one because it very it varies with the seasons. I'm sure it can it could vary with just the the moment, you know, the it var- time. It always varies with the moment. Well, what's well, a good go to for you that you really love? A good go to that I love uh, that I love. There's a bit of an unsung hero, I think, sometimes in our J. Lore states Lo So So Smirlo. Oh, so, I do know that one. Yeah. Yes. So beautiful, ripe, rich, almost blackberry pie stewed fruit blackberry pie dough as steve peck likes to describe it yeah um that one never disappoints and it seems to accommodate every food type or style you can of course sip it on its own you can uh pair it with you know rich meats stews what have you it it's pan seasonal. I love that wine. Let's talk more about wine pairings. Uh, let's say, and you have a lot of wines here at Jaylor. Yes. Let's pair a wine with an occasion. Let's say you ju- just got engaged. What Jaylor wine do you open? One of my favorite topics. Am I uh, honoring the the bride or the groom or both? Both. I would honestly say Jaylor Hilltop Cabernet Sauvignon, Jaylor Tower Road Petit Syrah, or as we discussed earlier, one in the Cuvée series. All right, let's pair with another occasion. You lose your job. Oh. Got to pair with something. Oh, my goodness. You lose your job. How relevant is that I know, right? in this day and age? <laughs> okay, my ultimate, uh, my ultimate feel good uh, on a Friday night when I just need to decompress is our J-Lord Gesture Zinfandel. There you go. So that is one that uh, all the just things makes you, you need. feel warm and cozy. And, and that's what loved. you need right then. Yes, you need exactly. to feel loved. You need to feel loved. Yeah. Right. And don't forget, you can always get the seven oaks for under 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cynthia Lore hanging out. Well, you know, it is such a pleasure to chat with you. I mean, J. Lore is no doubt an iconic Paso brand. So thank you so much. One, for the time, I, I enjoy hanging out with you a lot. I love your voice, by the way. Oh, you are so kind. Well, I love a mic too. So I love listening to your voice. And for my many occasions down to Paso Robles, I enjoy uh, your podcast. So well, thank you very much. You don't mind if I pour more of the expensive please, stuff to you? Please enjoy. It's so good. This is, it's such a, it's such a good one well i'm looking forward to see you know if you're thinking about making your next trip to paso uh check in with jaylor because uh, by the time that you're ready to come down here it's going to be completely reimagined and uh jaylorwine.com absolutely jaylor.com and in the interim we invite folks to check us out online at our at home initiative where we feature our virtual events we have a whole archive of previous virtual events and we offer our private curated virtual tastings jeff fun I had a blast always with you. Thank you so much for hanging out. Cheers. Give me that sound. We'll get by. We pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Loved our chat with Cynthia and love what J. Lore is up to right now. Always keeping it fresh, always keeping it real. Now, speaking of keeping it real, good Lord, Toby from Tobin James. We keep it real here for sure. We talk about a lot. I ask him about his legacy, his arrest. Yes, I know. And how this man and his wine blew everyone's expectations out of the water and helped put Paso wine country on the map. I show up. Toby's got his cowboy hat on, greets me with that same friendly smile. He's so easy to talk to and just a good guy. We're in the tasting room because, well, it's empty. And it's so weird to see this tasting room be empty, by the way, as uh, visitors are still tasting outdoors. Yeah, I like bragging about Paso. That's not even a problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. It is no, so good to either, see you. So. I like you because the pores here, a Toby pour, is pretty special. Only a couple things that make me nervous in the world, and empty glasses are one of them. Because <laughs> it could be mine, you know? You know, we're sitting in the tasting room right now, Toby, and it's a very different time. I mean, it is a very, very 
different time. How is Tobin James, the brand, and you have not only an iconic brand to pass out, but you have an iconic vibe. The uh, the wine club members here, the fans of yours, there's an iconic vibe to Tobin James and the whole culture. It's you got your own culture, really. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, we've got very faithful followers, you know, and things have changed. But, you know, what everybody has to always remember, it's changed for everybody. You think, you know, like you're the only guy, but, of course, it's changed for everybody. But for us, it really makes it tougher for us because we're used to having a really, you know, fun tasting room with people, line dancing or just having fun with wine, you know, and and making it. And and that is kind of where people are a little bit closer together you know like the bars are all full and so we've had to break it up a little bit this is probably the most uninterrupted FaceTime I'm going to get with you (laughs) because every other time I mean we're in the tasting room right now but everybody has to taste outside as of now so literally we're in a tasting room and it's an eerily quiet vibe just some workers around us and maybe people making some final you know purchases but everything is being done outside so this tasting room has an eerie quietness to it doesn't it's, it it's weird huh it just you know it's kind of nice in a way there's not so much commotion but i'm sure i'll get tired of that and want it busy again. Do you ever like want to slow down? Because again, you are kind of like this icon when you are at an event or you're at one of your tastings or your legendary Zen parties or shoot, even your industry parties are like, the, there's, it's probably the most insane industry party in the wine business anywhere in the world. Uh, do you kind of like when it slows down and there's not so many people asking for a selfie or this or that? You know, I have to, I have to admit, I do like it a little bit slower. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, I'm kind of digging this COVID thing. <laughs> I like Paso when we had six thousand people. Now we got thirty six thousand. So I can't say. I, of course, I'm kidding about all this, yeah. but. You know, I see all these people that have faith in Paso and they're opening restaurants and, and bakeries and, they're, you know, wineries and olive oil play. And, and right when they should, you know, they should have a lot of good energy coming their way, it's, uh, you know, it's it, this whole thing happened. So I kind of feel sorry for them. Talk about the history of Paso, because you mentioned, you know, over 30 years ago, uh, the Tobin James brand began, uh, like you said, 6,000 people, not 36,000 people. Talk about that time and why Paso for you? Uh, what were you up to and, and how Tobin James was born? You know, it's been 40 years. I've been in Paso 40 years when uh, they used to call it Paso de No Place. <laughs> Or, or, or you'd say, you go, oh, I, you know, my name's Tobin James. I have a winery in Paso Robles. And they go, oh, you have a winery in Texas. Now, we're on a center. I mean, we're the place to go to. You know, this episode is about iconic Paso brands. When did you kind of notice? Was it in the 90s? Was it like, what were you like, wow, this is really becoming an iconic brand? It was, uh, you know, the, for our first vintage was 1987. That year, I started getting gold medals and just freaking me out. I'm going, whoa, that's what, you know, the, the, if, if you knew the long story about how I got those grapes that made my first wine, you, you would think, uh, you know, nothing would have happened. But all of a sudden, you know, we started getting some uh, some big uh, gold medals down at L.A. County, San Francisco. You know, I'm going, wow, you know, that's that's blind tasting, you know. We got Tobin James here. We're drinking this. Uh, what is this, a dry Riesling? It's a dry Riesling. I didn't know you did Riesling. You do a lot of different stuff here. We're doing, well, I, I, we probably make about 40 different wines. And this is kind of a new one. I'm really digging it, man. Yeah, me too. Talk about it a little bit. You know, I mean, you know, think about this. Adam, you know, we're different now. You know, usually we'd be putting down some beautiful uh, fat boys Zinfandel, big old gnarly dry farm Zinfandel. Now we're, we're drinking a nice light white wine. So there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a lot of different taste buds. Are, are there some ways over the, the several decades that Tobin James has kind of all grown up now? I mean, look, uh, we're, we're drinking a dry Riesling, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that or a Chateau Budweiser, you know. It is. It's kind of beautiful, you know, that you do grow up a little bit. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm not like the party guy I was 40 years ago, 30 years ago. But uh, what about bit. four years ago? I remember partying with you a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I can still rally, uh, not every night, but, you know, a couple nights a week. But uh, it's good. You know, you know, you know my boys. You, you've met my, my boys. So they're... They're going to pick the torch up and, you know, keep the party alive. But uh, the employees get, 
they know what we want to happen here at Tobin James, and that's for people to have a good time, learn about wine, have fun, and take some home, and they carry it into their palace, and they open it with family and friends, and that now that's fun, man. Now that's even though when when I see a case of wine leave, I know they're not going to drink that in a car. It's going to go. It's going to be twelve different occasions right. at their house, you know. So that's a good thought. If you keep if you, as a winemaker, if you keep that in the back of your mind. Always, you'll make good wine because you know that's how it's going to end up. Yeah, I love that. That's a really cool way to look at it. A case of wine isn't just twelve bottles; it's twelve occasions. That's great. Unless you drink them all in one night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the old stories. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you you grew up. We were making wine with Gary Eberly back in the day. I mean, crossing paths with all these, you know, pioneers. Were there any mistakes that you made along the way? Uh, maybe with marketing, with branding, or how things, you know, got launched off that, or maybe some transitions through, you know, the 90s or early 2000s where you go, well, because you've, you've been in this game so long and you've learned so much. Yeah, you know, no, I, I mean, I really didn't make any mistakes because I, I wasn't high enough up to fall down to hurt myself, you know, and if I did, everybody expected Toby to do it anyhow. That's one of the best things about the way I started the winery was I was, I wouldn't say I was a goofball, but I was, I don't know, I guess a personality. And, and if I did screw up, everybody was, yeah, well, it's Toby, man. He, he's a fun loving guy and he screwed up. Nobody thought we'd be anybody anyhow. You know, my biggest, my biggest struggle was starting the winery was I didn't have any money. You know, and it was like very labor intensive and, uh, you know, I didn't have very good equipment, but then maybe that's one reason we make, I make good wines at the beginning because making a bottle of wine was like giving birth, man. You had to really take care of it in struggling times and they, they turned out pretty good. You have to give them a lot of love, you know, some of the early wines, but the most fun I ever had is when I was broke. Is that right? Yeah, it was the most fun, man. The chase was on. You know, we're going to make it. See you guys. Thanks for coming in. You guys are the best. Tell your mom I hope she feels better. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. I love that. His mom, uh, she wanted to come over. With, that was her son. She wanted to come over and taste wine really badly. And uh, he, he wanted to take, she wanted him to take a picture with me because she's laid up in the hospital. And she did, just so she could say, look, mama, she's. Oh. He's having a glass of wine with Tobin James. <laughs> I love it. That's a pretty badass mama. That's our customers, man. That's yeah, the, that's kind of customers. I mean, that is pretty cool. Like, I mean, that you don't just have. It's not even just like a networking thing or like a full hospitality. I mean, like you really build connections with these people. Like, I just saw that right now. Yeah, you know, it's so easy because a lot of people don't think you'll do that. You know, think winemakers will do that, but. Yeah, if we make good wine and we're always there for our customers, and then my kids will sell wine to his kids someday. That's the way we look at it. Well, I mean, we were, I was talking on a, a panel recently about hospitality and um, how there are things of hospitality you can learn, but some of it is so right in your chest and it's so just from the heart, and it really comes from wanting to make like a true connection with people. Yeah, you know, a lot. I we've had wineries that come up to us and go, "Hey, how do you guys do it, man? And how do you, uh, you know, how do you get your tasting room? You know, get, get a thousand people through a day or whatever." I go, "Listen, man, I can't help you because I can't teach you anybody personality. You know, you either have it or you don't. You can't like buy it. You can't <laughs> right. rent it. You you got to have it in you. And that's the way we hire, you know, people here. We." We say, hey, you're going to work in a tasting for three days, and and we vote if you stay or not, you know, and don't take it personal, but this is how we do things. We need, and they look at me, and they go, you, you want me to be fun, right? I go, you got it. They really got to be the right fit. It's got to be the right fit. I mean, you know, uh, and it, you know what? Listen, I just tell them, have fun. Just be, be yourself and enjoy yourself. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to smile or it doesn't cost anything to, you know, have some fun. You know, one of my favorite wines, and it was one of, I love being able to like get a case of wine and kind of watch it as it evolves and have a, a bottle here. And like you said, have 12 different occasions of it at different times. I hosted an event, an auction uh, that you guys were generous enough to donate to. And uh, there was an extra case of your full moon Syrah. Now people may know your, your, your big, 
Zins and your, you know, the Fat Boys and all this stuff, um, you have some upper echelon wines that are just fantastic. And this um, f- Blue Moon, Brazil, Blue Moon, the Blue Moon Syrah. Syrah. That's John Wayne. Yeah, that is John Wayne in a bottle, like you said. And this thing, you don't make it every year. This happened to be an 09 vintage. And uh, you guys had given me a case of it. And Jeremy and I split it. And we would go through and watch the, the ride of this uh, Syrah, this beautiful Paso Robles Syrah. done yet. Yeah, no, I mean, so cool. Yo, unfortunately, all the bottles are done, so. <laughs> no, it was so neat to watch it evolve, and I'll never forget. Um, one, it spoke to just the evolution of Paso wines and what the grapes can do here. And two, to not discount your upper echelon wines, or rather any of your wines for that matter, because there is something to be said in each of these bottles of Tobin James. Yeah, the Blue Moon label is, you know, when we're getting, you know, maybe a ton or less an acre and uh, really concentrated flavors. But I think, you know, and I, I, I hate to say that one great varietal does better than others, but Syrah likes Paso Robles. That is sunshine in a glass, man. That's like some some beautiful sunshine days in a glass, and that's why it's our logo, the sun. I was just going to ask you about that next. Tell me the story, because talking about Tobin James as an iconic Paso brand, you cannot uh, ignore that iconic logo. Adam, I've been in, I've been in uh, Europe, and I'll have one of my, uh, my stickers on, and somebody I'll be walking down, you know, in, in Rome or somewhere, and somebody will see, hey, it's Tobin James, man. <laughs> Tobin James sticker. <laughs> They don't know I'm Tobin James. Right. You know, but That's wild. Wow. I've had captains, like, you know, when you get off the plane and the captain's standing there saying goodbye, and the guy, you know, I'm walking down the aisle, and he goes, Tobin James, and he... That's crazy. He goes, are you in a wine club? I go, no, I'm Tobin James. He goes, hey, <laughs> he, and then, you know, he pushes you out. <laughs> Isn't there a crazy story about the logo and how, it was, how you stumbled upon it and the person who made it? What's the story behind the logo? Yeah, okay, this is a good one. So it's the sun setting over the hills of Paso Robles, and what you're drinking is liquid sunshine. The sun did that, you know, and the soil, everything. But we get the credit. But So I needed a wine label because I had 300 cases of wine I made. And I go, well, I, a guy, you know, I called up professionals. They go, Toby, I'm going to give you – I know you don't have any money. I'm going to give you the best deal in the world, $50,000 design a label. I go, ah, I, don't, I don't have 50 cents. So I went down to Cal Poly. <laughs> yeah. It was a senior project for a guy down there. I think uh, it was his senior project, and I think the guy's a millionaire down in L.A. right now, and, uh, and we haven't changed it. This was a Cal Poly senior project. It stuck, and now it's the iconic logo. Yeah, I mean... If Did you, you even have to pay for it? If, no, he, he said, just get me this book that has these colors in it. It's some fancy book. I think it was like 500 bucks. But I can go into any store and just zip my eyes on, around the counter, and I can see my bottle of it sitting there. And that's, yeah. that's what I tried to achieve. Isn't that wild? Yeah. The story. Great, that's so cool. And we haven't changed it. Yeah. You We've ever tried. See- We've tried. You have? Yeah, but we just go keep going back to the same label, you know? Right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, huh? Well, it's funny because when you come in the tasting room, and we, I have one of these on uh, my wall in the house, uh, you have these um, fixtures that are outlined in different beautiful colors. They have like a textured, you know, stone uh, look and finish to them. And then the sunbeams and the inner spiral are mirrors. So it's a really cool wall piece, and you have them all over the place. And I'm sure people just gobble these up because, again, look what you're doing. I mean, you're taking Tobin James home with you. Yeah, it's, you know what, you, you, that doesn't say our name anywhere on those mirrors, but you know what it is. Everybody knows what it is. What is it I about Pat? About, I really like that. That is pretty, I mean, that's exciting. And who, not many, I mean, that's like the Nike logo, Toby. Yeah, I, There's not many logos that yeah. do that, you know? Um, Paso's changed a lot since the beginning of uh, this iconic brand. Oh, the, the restaurants are crazy downtown, insane. I mean, just in the last, you know, since you and I texted at the beginning of me saying, hey, can we chat? You know, you got a new piano bar. You got a new the Alchemist Garden downtown. I mean, you got a lot of new fresh things going on. What are your thoughts on just the way Paso has evolved? And are there any things that you would, you would do differently? Well, you know what? Sometimes you'll get, the, you'll get the national publication, and they're not talking about the wineries. They're talking about the restaurants and some of the places to stay in Paso. And, you know, they mentioned the wineries are there to go have fun with. But that's cool, man, that people, they, they stepped in and, you know, I, I consider Paso, you know, 
the Garden of Eden, you know. But restaurant people realize, you know, you got good wine, you're going to have to have good restaurants. And they've stepped up to the plate, man. There's some great food here. You can't have a bad time if you visit. There's just not a possibility that's going to happen. Talk about the relationships and the people. What makes Paso so special as far as just uh, the souls that are here? You know, listen, you know, people go, well, are you in competition with that wine? Are you talking about No, we are not in competition, man. We, you know, uh, my all my best friends are all the winemakers, you know. If, if you know, uh, uh, one of my winery buddies calls up and says, hey, man, my must pump went down. I, I, you know, can you lend me one? I said, I got an extra one. I'll bring it over. You you keep crushing. I'll bring I'll bring it over, you know. And, and it's that's how we work, you know, everybody. And that's how you make better wines. You go, well, listen, I got a new uh, uh, stemmer crusher this year. You got to try this one out. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're sharing ideas and coming up with a better way to make your wine. Part of being an iconic brand, you are an iconic feature yourself. I mean, you are a celebrity here. So when I read in the paper that you're arrested for this, like I was like, what is going on? And I, I remember calling you like, what is going on? People were like, oh no, what happened? And when you learn the, the details of what went down... I even had a free Toby hat made. I had one commissioned. I appreciate that too, man. Oh, you're like uh, the only one that did that. You're my boy. I, I love you, Toby. And you've been so good and so supportive of me. But what went down and where does all this stand? Well, you, were, you were defending the security of this of this ranch here. You know what? That, the, the, the whole thing is what, what did go down. And I've had so many great, 40 years, great. And all of a sudden, we get a psycho neighbor that moves in that thinks uh, his wife is being, and kids are being tortured in one of our warehouses we're talking about mental illness delusional here's the thing it wasn't a neighborly feud over a fence line we never knew who this guy was until all of a sudden we see him walking around on our property and everybody's going who's that you know and finally you know we see we go back and we see he's out he's here at night on on our cameras and then he was arrested 18 times in six months and and we had 43 calls for the sheriff to come out to the winery the guy was thrown in jail for threatening to kill a guy, and and so I I defended the winery. I so shot what, what, out his tires. Okay, so that's what happened. You you were it was alleged. No, that's what you did. You you shot out his tires on what? A one co- tire, one tire on, on a golf cart or a car? Yeah, or what? On a golf cart. On a go- so you shot out a tire of a golf cart. Yeah, but he he had been over here in all his vehicles, you know, blocking in my employee. He followed harassing. My, he's he harass- following my female employees to their cars. Now, yeah. nobody does nobody does that. That's not allowed. No, no, of course. Where did where is this? Has this been? A, this is crazy. Has this been adjudicated? Yet? We're in the process. Oh, they, they, uh, they had a couple felonies on me, but uh, the judge, we got halfway through the felony trial, and the judge said, stop. This is ridiculous. It's a misdemeanor now. And so I'll fight that, of course. Because, yeah. you know, we, you know what? Here's the thing. It, it, this guy, 43 times a sheriff right here. What if that was a, you know, what if it was a grade school or a kindergarten or the DA's office? How long would that happen? You know, this guy, this guy was threatening people. You know, it was ridiculous, and we're out here. Listen, the guys, you know, the guys with the white hats coming over the hill, they're not coming over the hill. There's right. nobody coming over the hill. <laughs> right. The police knew he was crazy. Had you ever had issues with the law before? Have no. you ever been arrested? Or No. So well, what was issues, that like? Issues. I, I With the military, they've landed me on aircraft carriers. They've done background checks on me. I mean, no. It's just, uh, you know, I got, I got people. I'm Tobin James, and my employees looked at me like, what are you going to do, man? Like, I've never had, like, like. have you ever seen a female come up to you that has this fear in her eyes of a, of a, a man? I've seen it on TV, you know, you see it on TV, but I've never seen some people I care about that are afraid of somebody. You know, that was a weird look, man. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't defend myself. Yeah, well, that was cool that you, you stepped up, and I... I can I, I just hope, personally hope that this goes away for you well, soon. Well, he, he's he's gone now. I just you know. Well, just like the legal BS of it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's kind of badass, though. <laughs> Got to be honest, it's a little bit badass. That's what everybody told me, man. I, I go in bars, <laughs> man, and I don't have to buy a drink. Or, you told me, Jay, Jay, all these drinks come up. Oh my gosh, I love it. What the do you criminal, want? The criminals, you know, he, he he has all the rights. I don't have any. <sighs> I know. I know. I just thought, honestly, like, seeing a mugshot of you was so weird. I mean, it must have been scary. I mean, here you are, like you said, you know, you're 60 years old, and you're, like, getting arrested for something. This guy's 40s. He's 220 pounds. Used to be a football player, you know. Shoot. What am I going to have fisty cuffs with the guy, man? Right, right. Um, What do you want your legacy to be? 
when uh, you do say goodbye and just kind of, hey, I'm just going to like chill. The legacy of Paso and really the legacy of, of you and this and this brand to Paso. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I guess I am winding down a little bit. I'm, I'm going to donate a park to the city of Paso Robles uh, just because uh, I didn't want to just be full of, uh, you know, uh, Spring Street, just full of uh, businesses, you know, so I'm going to build a park for this, the, the city of Paso Robles. And uh, the legacy, I think it's already written. I think it's already in place. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of it as far as uh, the way I looked at wine and the way I wanted Americans to enjoy it. I, I knew it wasn't about, you know, a tasting room with somebody playing the harp in the corner and, you know, and whispering. And I go, that's not Americans. You know, you, you can uh, have a good time and enjoy wine and and we can make good wines, but still have fun. And I think the legacy's written, you know, or you wouldn't be interviewing me right now, I guess. How do you like it when I interview you? I love it, man. Yeah. You know, you're a local guy, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't be as comfortable if it was somebody from out of the area. I, 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 because I don't, they're just interviewing me, but you already know the answer to the questions, or you, I don't know if you know the answers, but at least you know the right ones to ask, and you understand the people of the county, and uh, that makes a difference as far as having fun with an interview. I don't know. I've just like I've always had a, a big love for you, so uh, man, it, it's a real pleasure for me always to just hang out with you, but for sure to sit down and you give me your time and to interview you, man, it is always such a pleasure. I like sharing what I do. We're in a business where people, they walk through the door of the, of the tasting room and they're smiling and uh, they're not here on business. They're here to have fun, you know, and it, it makes, makes the job easy. Cheers, my friend. Love you, Toby. Great job, my man. Thanks. Give me that sound, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. How about that? Tobin James and Jay Lore, two iconic Paso brands we got an opportunity to dive deep into today. Both great conversations and my sincere thanks to Cynthia Lore and Tobin James. And check out past episodes of Where Wine Takes You and get caught up. You can also go to PasoWine.com for podcast stuff and really any stuff related to your next trip to Paso. It's a great resource to uh, look up stuff by winery, by activity, by day, especially as Harvest Wine Weekend approaches. It's a huge weekend in Paso wine country. Use all the bells and whistles on the site to make sure your next visit to Paso is a perfect one. That's PasoWine.com. Regularly getting some comments on the music we feature on Where Wine Takes You. It's a local band, Moonshiner Collective. The song is called Good Company, but the band's legit. They have a lot of great music, so you can check out Moonshiner Collective wherever you get your music. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and the Paso Robles Wine Country Alliance and is recorded and produced by yours truly. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. And next time you're on the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My morning show, Up and Adam in the Morning, is at Coast 104.5. And the wine stuff, the cork dorks and more, on the Crush 92.5. Some really fun episodes in the making. It's harvest time. You will be feeling the vibe of harvest through this podcast, no doubt. So stay tuned. In the meantime, thanks for being here. And thanks for seeing where wine takes you. Cheers. And give me that sound get bowing fast on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good comp. Give me that sound get bowing fast on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good comp. Give me that sound get bowing fast on down till the job is in the trees who will simplify in good company with that moonshine we'll get by we pass all around till the job is dry camped out in the trees who will simplify in good company